0: Thank you, musicians, really, for leading us in worship this morning, and as we continue, um, many of you, I'm sure, know the name Ann Landers. Um, do you know before she died, she received about 10,000 letters each month, 10,000 letters, letters—and. And of of those letters, the topic that dominated those correspondences was fear. Of the 10,000 letters that she received, most of those letters centered around the fears that people had. If you were to write someone like Ann Landers today about a specific fear, what would you write about? What comes to your mind right now? Perhaps it's a personal illness or the illness of a loved one. Perhaps it's the climate that your children or your grandchildren are growing up in. Perhaps it's a worry that you have about finances or about vocational uncertainty. Perhaps it's seeing the unrest that is going on in our world. Uh, we, we could list a number of things. When I was a single man, which I was a single man for quite a while, I had a couple of fears that if I had written to Ann Landers, I probably would have stated. One, I was afraid of being alone. But two, I was afraid of commitment. So it kind of was an issue there. And so I thought to myself, how could someone really love me? I mean, if you knew all the things that were wrong with me, all my flaws, all my brokenness, all my sin, once you really got to know me, who would stay with me? And then on top of that, I had serious trust issues, but God graciously sent to me a wife far greater than I deserve, no amens, okay? Um, but, it's, but, it is, but it is true. And it was Brooke who helped me to overcome my fears and my doubts. Her love proved greater than they. There's a country music artist. If you like country music, his name is Eric Church. And I want to just read to you a few lyrics from a song that he sings called Like Jesus Does. Always thought she'd give up on me one day. Wash your hands of me. Leave me staring down some runway. Yeah, I thank God each night and twice on Sunday that she loves me like Jesus does. All the crazy in my dreams, both my broken wings, every single piece of everything I am. She knows the man I ain't. She forgives me when I can't. The devil man, he don't stand a chance because she loves me. LIKE JESUS DOES. I love you. WHY DID THE LORD SEND BROOK INTO MY LIFE? I BELIEVE IT WAS TO CONQUER MY FEARS AND MY DOUBTS AND TO LOVE ME LIKE JESUS DOES. AND THAT IS WHAT EASTER MORNING REVEALS TO US. IN SPITE OF OUR BROKENNESS AND OUR SIN, THE LOVE OF JESUS CHRIST IS FAR GREATER THAN OUR FEARS AND OUR DOUBTS. I WANT TO SAY THAT AGAIN. THE LOVE OF JESUS CHRIST IS FAR GREATER THAN ANY FEARS OR ANY DOUBTS THAT YOU MIGHT HAVE. I AM READING THIS MORNING FROM MATTHEW'S ACCOUNT OF THE EMPTY tomb IN CHAPTER 28, VERSES 1 THROUGH 10. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. HIS COUNTENANCE WAS LIKE LIGHTNING, HIS CLOTHING AS WHITE AS SNOW, AND THE GUARDS SHOOK FOR FEAR OF HIM AND BECAME LIKE DEAD MEN. BUT THE ANGEL ANSWERED AND SAID TO THE WOMEN, DO NOT BE AFRAID, FOR I KNOW THAT YOU SEEK JESUS WHO IS CRUCIFIED. HE IS NOT HERE, FOR HE IS RISEN, AS HE SAID. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. AND AS THEY WENT TO TELL HIS DISCIPLES, BEHOLD, JESUS MET THEM, SAYING, REJOICE. SO THEY CAME AND HELD HIM BY THE FEET AND WORSHIPPED HIM. THEN JESUS SAID TO THEM, DO NOT BE AFRAID. GO AND TELL MY BRETHREN TO GO TO GALILEE, AND THERE THEY WILL SEE ME. I DON'T KNOW IF YOU NOTICED AS I WAS READING THAT TEXT, BUT FOUR TIMES IN IT, THE WORD FEAR. ARE AFRAID APPEARS AT VERSES 4 AND 5, AT VERSE 8, AND AT VERSE 10. IN FACT, AS ODD AS IT MAY SOUND, FEAR DICTATES MANY OF THE EMOTIONS ON RESURRECTION SUNDAY. WE FIRST ENCOUNTER THE FEAR OF THE ROMAN SOLDIERS WHO WERE STANDING GUARD AT THE TOMB. THESE ARE NO WIMPS, MIND YOU, THESE ARE MEN OF GREAT COURAGE, THESE ARE MEN WHO WOULD HAVE WITNESSED TERRIBLE THINGS ON THE BATTLEFIELD, YET THE GROUND THAT QUAKED AND THE LIGHT THAT shone BEFORE THEM TERRIFIED THEM, IT SHOOK THEM TO THE VERY CORE OF THEIR BEING, And this marks a significant reversal of events because here we find the guards who were ordered to watch over the dead body of Jesus. Now they appear as dead men and Jesus, the one who had been declared dead, was now alive. The fear of these men is justified because they do not seek Jesus but only adhere to the whims of other men. You can clearly see that in verses 11 to 15 of Matthew 28. Professor Harold Urey won the Nobel Peace Prize in Chemistry at the early age of 41. And he wrote a pamphlet entitled I am a frightened man. You see, Uri was the member of the uranium committee on the key operation of something called U-235. And all that means is is that he was the one who kind of began the process of nuclear plants and nuclear reactors. Uri said, I write to frighten you I am a frightened man myself. All the scientists I know are frightened, frightened for their lives and frightened for your life. Resurrection Sunday actually carries that weight with it because everyone who does not seek after Christ should be frightened. If you do not seek after the risen Lord, you should be Afraid? Do you know in Africa, each morning, that a gazelle wakes up knowing that he must be faster than the fastest lion, or he's going to be lunch. And each morning in Africa, a lion wakes up knowing that he's got to be faster than the slowest gazelle. Otherwise, he won't have lunch. The point is, is when the sun comes up, it matters not if you are a powerless gazelle or if you are a powerful lion. You best be running. Charles Spurgeon puts it like this. If you are not seeking the Lord, the devil is seeking you. If you are not seeking the Lord, death and judgment are on your heels. Who or what are you seeking today? It is the most important question you will ever be asked. It is the most important question you will ever answer. You had best be running after Jesus. WE WILL EITHER BE LEFT AS DEAD MEN OR WE WILL SEEK THE RISEN LIGHT OF THE WORLD WHO PIERCES THE GRAVE'S DARKNESS. NOTICE THAT WHILE THE ANGEL DOES NOT EVEN ADDRESS THE FEAR OF THE SOLDIERS, HE TELLS THE WOMEN WHO COME SEEKING AFTER JESUS, DO NOT BE AFRAID. AND THERE IT IS, Plain and simple. If you seek Christ, you need not fear. If you seek Jesus, you need not be afraid. In Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. And yet, do you not find it interesting that the text informs us that the women feared twice? They still feared. First, first, They fear when they see the angel in verse 5. That's not uncommon. In the biblical record, when people encountered angels, often fear followed that encounter. But the stone had been rolled away, not so that Jesus could exit, but so that Jesus' followers could enter. And then the women fear a second time AFTER THEY LEAVE THE EMPTY TOMB, THEY WORRIED THAT SOMEONE HAD TAKEN THE BODY OF CHRIST TO SOME OTHER LOCATION THEY DID NOT KNOW. THEY QUESTIONED THE ANGEL'S REPORT AND WHETHER OR NOT IT COULD BE TRUE. SUCH A SPIRIT OF DOUBT WAS NOT UNIQUE TO THESE WOMEN WHO FIRST VIEWED THE EMPTY TOMB. DOUBT MARKED THE 11 REMAINING DISCIPLES AS WELL. WE READ IN MATTHEW 28, 16-17, THEN THE 11 DISCIPLES WENT AWAY INTO GALILEE TO THE MOUNTAIN WHICH JESUS HAD APPOINTED FOR THEM. WHEN THEY SAW HIM, THEY WORSHIPPED HIM, BUT SOME DOUBTED. JESUS HAD TOLD THE DISCIPLES TIME AND TIME AGAIN THAT HIS PURPOSE WAS TO DIE IN ORDER TO RISE, BUT THEY FAILED TO FULLY COMPREHEND WHAT HE WAS TEACHING. AND EVEN NOW THEY FAILED TO UNDERSTAND. IN THIS ACCOUNT FROM MATTHEW'S GOSPEL, WHILE THE WOMEN ENCOUNTERED CHRIST'S EMPTY TOMB, WHERE WERE HIS DISCIPLES? THEY WERE HIDDEN UP IN AN UPPER ROOM. AND WHY WERE THEY HIDING? I, mean, I, I THINK WE can, conduce, CAN DEDUCE THAT THEY WERE AFRAID OF SEVERAL THINGS. IN FACT, IF THE DISCIPLES COULD ONLY USE PUNCTUATION MARKS TO DESCRIBE HOW THEY WERE FEELING ON EASTER, PERHAPS THEY WOULD HAVE FIRST USED A PERIOD, A PERIOD TO MARK THE END OF THEIR EXPECTATIONS. JESUS WAS NOW DEAD AND BURIED. IT WAS A STATED FACT. And so as a result, they feared that the authorities might come after them to kill them just as they had killed Christ. The disciples probably also feared that in following after Jesus, they followed out of ignorance. The one that they had called Messiah, after all, had been crucified. When General Wellington Faced Napoleon at the Battle of Waterloo in 1815. The future of England hung in the balance. At the time, the people of England, you know, they depended on a system of handheld flags to find out how the battle was going. And so a signal came from the Winchester Cathedral Tower. Late in the day, it flashed the signal, Wellington defeated. And just at that time, in England, fog is not uncommon. And fog appeared thick across the waters. And those two words, Wellington defeated, quickly spread across the land. But only three hours later, the fog lifted. And the signal actually read, Wellington defeated the enemy. On Easter morning, a fog finally lifted. News comes to the Lord's disciples of an empty tomb. Only for them at that moment, it appears the punctuation mark shifted from a period to a question mark. COULD IT REALLY BE TRUE? AND IF IT WERE TRUE, WOULD THE RELATIONSHIP THAT JESUS HAD WITH THEM EVER BE THE SAME? I MEAN, LOOK AT LUKE 24, VERSE 11 SOMETIMES AND JUST SEE THE DOUBT. YOU KNOW, EVERYBODY ALWAYS TALKS ABOUT THOMAS, BUT THEY ALL DOUBTED. WE JUST GIVE MORE ATTENTION. TO THOMAS. AND THEN, IF YOU LOOK TO JOHN CHAPTER 21, DON'T YOU SEE THE QUESTIONS THAT PETER WOULD HAVE HAD? COULD JESUS REALLY FORGIVE ME? COULD HE STILL LOVE ME AFTER ALL THAT I HAD DONE? IN THE SAME WAY AS JESUS' CLOSEST DISCIPLES If you are anything like me, you still have fears. And perhaps sometimes you still have doubts. They worshiped, but some doubted. And so perhaps like the disciples, some of us go into hiding. In 1944, WHEN THE TIDES OF WORLD WAR II WERE CLEARLY SHIFTING TOWARDS THE ALLIES, A JAPANESE SOLDIER NAMED SHOWIKI YOKO FLED TO THE ISLAND OF GUAM, AND THERE HE LIVED IN A CAVE. FEARING FOR HIS LIFE, THIS MAN STAYED HIDDEN FOR 28 YEARS IN A JUNGLE CAVE. The only time he ever came out was at night. He lived on frogs, rats, snails, nuts, and mangoes. He only had one pair of trousers, and he had a jacket that he made from cloth out of tree bark. Yoko later said that while he knew that the war had ended, he was afraid to come out of hiding because he thought he would be executed. At some point, two hunters came across him and they told him he did not need to hide in fear any longer. They assured him he could come out, he could put on new clothes, he could walk as a free man. And Easter tells us, like Yoko, we don't need to hide any longer. IT TELLS US THAT WE CAN PUT ON NEW CLOTHES, THAT WE CAN WALK AS FREE PERSONS. IT TELLS US THAT THE LOVE OF JESUS CAN CONQUER ALL OUR FEARS AND ALL OUR DOUBTS BECAUSE THE tomb IS EMPTY. THE RESURRECTED MESSIAH STILL SAYS TO US, DO NOT BE AFRAID. You are my brothers and my sisters. Jesus loves every single piece of who we are. He knows who we ain't, and he forgives us when we can't. That devil man, he don't stand a chance. Now, the... Truth is, I do. I thank God each day and twice on Sunday that Brooke loves me like Jesus does. Her love definitely alleviated all my fears. She enabled me to actually commit myself to something. But as great as my wife's love for me is, it does not compare to that perfect love that casts out all Fear. If we were to write Ann Landers about some fear, what would we write about? I listed a number of possibilities, but I honestly believe that the greatest fear that humanity has is death. Mortality. Take, for instance, Alfred Krupp. He was a German inventor in the 1800s and the largest military arms manufacturer of his era. It is said of Krupp that he dreaded the thought of death so much that he refused to forgive anyone who even spoke about it in his presence. On one particular instance, they had a relative of his wife come to visit. And during that relative's stay, um, she died suddenly and unexpectedly. It freaked Krupp out. He was terrified. This woman had died in his home and he fled in terror. His wife went and found him and tried to speak sense into him and said, why are you acting so foolishly and you want to know what Krupp did? He left his wife and never spoke to her again. The man was terrified of death. So much so even that as It came near the end of his life. He went to his doctor and he offered his doctor what would amount to $1 million in today's currency if his doctor would just give him 10 more years of life. No medical doctor could ever do that. And Krupp died, a terrified, frightened man. Unlike Krupp, I want to tell you today, do not be afraid. Seek after the crucified Christ, who is not dead, but who is risen. He is risen. He has risen, risen indeed. And that is the reality which causes the punctuation marks to change. No longer a period, no longer a question mark, but an exclamation mark. Hallelujah. Jesus conquers fear and doubt, the death and the grave. On Easter morning, moments before he died, the great Methodist leader, William Sankster scribbled a short note to his daughter. It read simply this, how terrible, how terrible to wake up on Easter and have no voice to shout, he is risen. But far worse, to have a voice and not want to shout. Go ye therefore with a shout to make disciples of all the nations. The tomb is empty. And so the Apostle Paul shouts in 1 Corinthians 15 55 to 57 O death! Where is your sting, O oh, grave? Where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And because he lives all fear is gone pray with me Lord Jesus today we celebrate your victory we shout and we raise a hallelujah because you have conquered our fears our doubts the grave is empty and if we seek you you say you shall be found and if you are found, all fear is gone. Spirit of God, speak to our hearts today where we are afraid, where we are doubting, and remind us of your victory, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your name, believing. Amen. I pray that the one thing you realize is doubt does not equal unbelief. Unbelief is a rejection of Christ. Doubt is a human questioning. And fear does not mean you have no faith. Fear means that you are frail and that you are human and that you need a God who is greater than those fears. His name is Christ, and because He lives, all our fears can be gone. If you need to make a decision today, if you need to run after Jesus, if you need to seek and find him, today, Easter Sunday, is a good time for you to come and make a decision known for him. If you have any decision to make today, the altar will be open as we stand, as we sing, because he lives. Let's stand together. Isn't it a good thing that we don't have to write Ann Landers, that we can go to God through Christ and by His Spirit know His peace that surpasses all understanding. Go in the victory of Christ. Amen.